Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. Andrew Musgrove here. And with Newcastle's game against Everton called off due to a mixture of COVID-19 and injuries, We've taken this opportunity to record an episode to look back on the last couple of weeks at Newcastle United, the positives, especially that performance against Manchester United, as well as a look forward to the January transfer window, which I know your focus will most certainly be on. We look at what Newcastle's approach might be next month and what their squad might look like come February the 1st and much, much more. This is the Everything is Black and White podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you've had a Merry Christmas and are looking forward to a Happy New Year. And if you're still feeling generous this festive season, please remember to follow or subscribe to the podcast. Totally free to do. Just means with every new episode we upload, you'll get a notification saying it's ready to download or listen to. And if you get the chance, please remember to leave us a rating and a review. You can now do this on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. And that just allows our shows to get out to a wider audience. And we always love to hear feedback from you guys, a dear listener. Now on to the show. Where to begin? So much to talk about as usual with Newcastle United. There's that game against Manchester United, the 1-1 draw in which Newcastle performed really, really well with a better side. Lots and lots of positives to take out of that game. But of course, it was tainted by injuries to Callum Wilson and Alan St. Max, and that's something we will focus on later in the show. That does play into the point where we will start, and that is the fact the game against Everton has been called off. Newcastle's squad hit by injuries and COVID-19. It means the reunion with Rafa Benitez, of course, current Everton manager, will have to wait a little bit longer. Many assumed he'd actually be in the Newcastle United dugout had the takeover gone through a little bit earlier. But, of course, he headed to Goodison Park in the summer. Started really well, but then saw his squad hit by injuries and it hasn't gone too well since that injury to Calvert-Lewin. But he's said to be back, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of position they're in when this game does get rescheduled sometime next year. The game against Southampton, which is scheduled for Sunday, at this moment in time, looks like it will go ahead. It's currently quarter to three on the 30th of December. Um, and Eddie Howe's press conference, which has been penciled in for the 31st, that's going ahead, which is a good indication that the game on Sunday will go ahead. And I'm sure that's music to the ears of fans who are th- who've got tickets booked, hotel rooms booked. They'll be now looking ahead and waiting for that confirmation to indeed get on their travels. It's getting a bit late if indeed they are going to cancel it. But like I say, with the press conference going ahead, it looks like the game will go on, especially if Newcastle don't have any more COVID-19 cases. We wait for confirmation on that. Now, we mentioned there the injuries to Callum Wilson and Alan St. Max, a massive blow. And the next point is on Callum Wilson and what happens in the January transfer market because it was understood that Newcastle would have been looking to bring in cover for Callum Wilson. 
Now they're going to have to bring in someone to replace Callum Wilson, and that's not going to be cheap at all. If you look at how much Callum Wilson cost with a, a goal-scoring record of 41 goals and 126 games for Bournemouth, it's decent, it's not brilliant. He still cost, what was it, about £20 million with an injury record as well. I'm a big fan of Callum Wilson. I'm not talking him down, but I think it's an important point to make because it's, it'll give a little bit of an indication maybe of the, the of how much you know Newcastle will have to pay will have to pay for someone of his quality or have to pay for someone who is better than him and there's plenty of names being banded about and it's all about who is a realistic target we know Newcastle owners are very very rich but does that mean they're going to pay over the top for a striker you know they're going to take a sensible approach they're not just going to open the the purse strings straight away they're going to take a sensible approach of course if Callum Wilson is out for six weeks, two months, which has been reported, then they can't afford not to splash the cash on a striker. Um, you know, the question is, though, do they get someone to fill in or do they get someone to improve? I think if I was making the decision, you'd get someone to take the, you know, the, the forward area to the next level. Like I say, a big fan of Callum Wilson, but I don't think you'd be bringing someone in for six months a year, someone who's on the same level as him. You want to improve the squad, don't you? You want to improve the, the the team, and that's what they'll be looking to do. I mean, some of the names that have been reported, it, it, if they'd been reported six months ago, yeah, it would have been dreamland, but now Newcastle are in this position where they have got a bit of cash behind them. These names don't actually sound that daft. It's just whether these players, and I will mention them in a moment, will want to join a Newcastle United side in a relegation fight. It's not like they're walking into a side who are closing in on a top seven, top eight position, who are looking forward to a cup run, who are, you know, that their season is a relegation scrap. It is a survival battle. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can persuade players of high quality to come in. Of course, money does talk, but then do you want someone who's just moved for the money or do you want someone who comes in with a bit of fight and a bit of, great about them you know it was very interesting I thought Sean Longstaff's comments uh, about Joe Linton after the My United game where he was talking about some of the flack Joe Linton gets he called it a disgrace you know and it's that kind of um, attitude you want within the dressing room they're very close-knit the group at the moment and yes they're lacking in quality but they're, they're not lacking in terms of togetherness so whoever comes in is going to have to fit into that squad they're going to have to show the fight and determination, which I don't think has ever been lacking in the Newcastle United squad. It's just the quality's been lacking, so it's going to be interesting to see how they get the balance. But on the strikers, I mean, we've had the two Dembele's linked, haven't we? The Dembele of Lyon, the Dembele of Barcelona. Uh, I did ask people on the Chronicle NUFC Instagram account to tell me who they'd like to see come in. Quite a few people mentioned Jonathan David, plays for Lille he's got 12 in 19 I like the look of Divock Origi uh, you know obviously he's quite at home sitting on the Liverpool bench and being called upon when he's needed and he has quite a knack for coming off the bench and scoring important goals but if he's got anything about him you would think he'd want to join a Premier League side and have a run of games even if it's maybe just on loan to prove that he can do it on a regular basis but as I say he looks quite content doesn't he just getting a few minutes here or there uh, and he's well liked at Liverpool he wouldn't be cheap a few people mentioned Martial from Manchester United for me 
He's not a man who leads the line. He's a man who supplements the forward line. Wouldn't necessarily be the worst signing if he came in and played as part of maybe a three. But for someone to lead the line and, and get the goals, I don't think he's any better than Callum Wilson when it comes to scoring goals. And, 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 and the way Newcastle play at the moment, you need a bit of work ethic. I'm not really sure he's got, got that about him, Martial. The other names that have been mentioned, uh, the Florentina striker, uh, Dusan Flahovic, I hope I pronounced that right, 21, he scored a bag full of goals, reported price tag of 85 million. Tammy Abraham is another one who's been linked, but of course he's only just recently moved to Roma, scored a couple of goals earlier this week. Blackburn's Ben Britton Diaz was another name regularly mentioned in our Instagram post. 20 goals in 24 games for the Blackburn forward, but he probably wouldn't be too cheap. And of course, coming into the championship, never an easy step for any striker. And that's the one thing about this striker search with Callum Wilson now said to be out, as I mentioned there, for maybe six weeks, two months. Newcastle are going to have to find someone who can hit the ground running. They can't afford to bring someone in who needs a few weeks to settle and bed in. They need to find a forward who can hit a goal or two straight away. And of course, that's no easy task to find that. It'd be really interesting to see who they've scouted. But with the position they're in, they need someone who can just settle straight away. It's not easy to do that. Um, it doesn't matter how good you are. You know, we've seen Adam Armstrong coming from the championship, joined Southampton, hasn't gone too well for him. He scored a few goals, but he hasn't set the world alight. Would you look at someone like Jonathan David, who, who like I mentioned, has scored 12 and 19 in League One, but how easy is it to, to take that over to the Premier League? You know, it's not that easy. You've got someone like Dembele, who's back in the goals, four and six this season after... Um, a few injuries, but he was on loan at Atletico Madrid towards the end of last season and, 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 and didn't score at all. Uh, Dembele at Barcelona, could he make an instant impact? This, These are the questions that the scouting department will be ans- asking. This is the, probably the demands that he Howe will be, will be giving to his scouting department, to the owners, to find someone who can instantly turn around Newcastle's fortunes and it will be really interesting to see whether they go for Premier League experience, whether they go for a short-term loan deal. I've seen a few people mention Cavani. Could he come in for for the for, for the rest of the season or whether they do indeed gamble on someone who's hit, you know, 16, 17 goals over the last couple of seasons in a, a foreign league. Really interesting to see who they go for. But one thing is for certain, they will need someone to come in and quickly because without Callum Wilson, Newcastle United simply have not got a goal scorer. I mentioned Dwight Gale in the previous episode. It just seems that no one fancies him. Steve Bruce talked him up, didn't use him. Eddie Howe has talked about him, but he wasn't the person who replaced Callum Wilson. It was Jacob Murphy and Alan St. Maximum got pushed up top. And I think many people would have expected Dwight Gale to come in. But if you look at how it's gone from over the past two years, maybe a lot of people would have expected him actually not to get off the bench because it just hasn't happened for him. Um, so that's unfortunate for him. But yeah, Newcastle United desperately need a striker of quality. Uh, they're not going to be cheap this January. The other position we're going to look at is the right-back area. Now, Kieran Trippier is a name that has been mentioned. It was reported earlier this week that the deal is pretty much done. That was reported in the Telegraph. What a signing this would be. Huge signing for Newcastle United. Won't be cheap, but what a statement of intent. 
You know, if you're a good quality player and you you know you're approached by Newcastle and you're thinking, well, they're in a relegation zone, they're in a survival scrap, they're not anywhere near the top six, they're not anywhere near European qualification. It maybe doesn't look like the most of appetising op- offers, does it? It doesn't look like the most appealing deal on the table. Yeah, come to Newcastle and uh, try and help us survive the drop. But I think if they see players like Kieran Trippier joining Newcastle United, their heads will be turned because then they'll start thinking, hey, maybe there is something here. Maybe it is worth a punt. Maybe it is worth the risk to join Newcastle United because Trippier would be an excellent signing. He provides an instant upgrade on the players they've got. You know, no disrespect to Manquillo or Kraft or Jacob maybe. There's a reason why Newcastle have yet to pick uh, a, a, a player to play there on a consistent basis. You know, they're, they're constantly chopping and changing. There's a reason Steve Bruce didn't settle on it on a on a right back or right wing back. There's a reason why Eddie Howe hasn't because they're just not that good. Unfortunately, I know Kraft had a really good game against Manchester United, but that was probably his best game, and he's been here what a couple of years now. Um, I know he's had a tough time, and uh, look, anyhow, may well work his magic as he has done at Joe Linton and turn Kraft into this world class right back. We can only hope. But bringing in Trippier just provides a really good balance. He's good going forward, he's defensively solid, and at the moment, Newcastle haven't got that. They've either got someone who's good going forward in Jacob Murphy, but is poor when it comes to the defending part of the game, or you've got someone who's decent in defence in Javier Manquillo, but not all that good going forward. Craft uh, is a little bit in between, I guess. But Trippier comes in, he instantly just provides something that those three names haven't got, those three players haven't got, and it really would be a massive signing. And to, to kickstart this one early would be huge as well. What a boost that would give to the squad and to the fans as well. But to see a player of his quality coming in for the squad, it'd be a massive, massive boost because you would look at that and you, you now know that everything these new owners have said about being ambitious, about having a plan to sign the best and about having a plan to progress the squad and to grow and to develop it. If Trippier comes to the door in the first couple of weeks or just in the January transfer window in general, you're looking at that and you're thinking, wow, yeah, you know, it wasn't just words. They've, you know, they've, they've acted on what they've said. Brilliant to see. And it would be brilliant as well to have a, a, a good quality right back because we haven't had one of those in a long while. Yedlin had his fans, but again, he, was guilty of maybe switching off at times. You know, he's quick going forward, one of the fastest players in the Premier League when he was here, and he split opinion. But you've got to go back a long while since Newcastle had a really solid right back, and the same on the other side as well. I mean, there was a lot of excitement when Jamal Lewis came in. I was one of those very happy Newcastle had signed him. He had a very good season with Norwich. He's been unfortunate. Steve Bruce maybe didn't think he was ready or could handle the first team. You know, he had poor performances. It's been a shame he got injured because he'd actually performed quite well in there, anyhow. But it's been a long time since Newcastle have had a decent, more than decent right back and more than decent left back. You have to go back a a fair few years for me to to pick someone out. Paul Dummett, I was never a fan of Paul at left back. He's he's, he's been really good when he's played at centre-back, but I always felt at left back he had a 
you know, he wasn't quite comfortable there. Again, right back, you're looking back, maybe Debussy was 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 a was a solid enough right back. Habi Bay, but we're going back a long time now, aren't we? So it'd be really good to get two solid full backs and two solid wing backs in if that is how Eddie Howe plays and what a statement Kieran Trippier would be. Obviously it's not the only defensive upgrade Newcastle United would be looking at centre backs. Now this for many would be the priority would be two centre-backs to come in and just take that area of the team up to a new level. I mean, when you look at when these players who are currently at Newcastle in that position join Jamal Lascelles and Kieran Clark joined in that championship-winning season. Fabian Scher joined back in 2018. Fernandez uh, a little earlier than that. It's just bizarre that these four players are who... Eddie Howe has to pick from, who Steve Bruce had to pick from. Where was the investment from Mike Ashley? And this is the good thing about these new owners. They see that, they're going to act on that. And you would like to think two new centre-backs of good quality will come in. It does leave question marks over what happens to Jamal Lascelles. I think when you look at Kieran Clark, you can kind of say he's maybe played his last game or he's coming up to his last game for Newcastle United if indeed the improvements we think they'll make in that area will come off you look at Fabian Scher he's probably one who will remain in the squad but will he want to remain as a bit part player as opposed to someone who's starting week in week out Fernandez, obviously he's injured but he's coming towards maybe retirement age Lacelso Newcastle United captain changing your captain halfway through the season will, would be an interesting move I know Lacelso splits opinion defensively yes you know his ability it's lacking but I think as a captain he's a decent enough captain it would really be interesting to see if two quality centre-backs come in whether Eddie Howe does sacrifice Lascelles maybe even changes the captain of course he would have to if Lascelles wasn't playing um, some of the names linked I mean you've got Tarkovsky from Burnley who is a very good centre-back now of course you know there's, there's talks over his contract. Burnley are, you know, relegation, uh, are, are battling uh, against the drop with Newcastle. So I'm not really sure Burnley would be too happy to sell to someone who's a direct rival, but it has been spoken about. Ben Mee's another one who has been linked. You know, and that's a good thing about Burnley is that going forward, they're pretty poor, but at the back, they're quite solid and they do defend rather well. And there's a reason Tarkovsky's been in England International, etc. So it'd be really interesting to see if the rumours become reality and Tarkovsky comes in this January. The other player who's been linked is Sven Bartman from Lille. Newcastle are reporting talks, £30 million deal, but it looks like Lille at the moment are unwilling to sell but of course 30 million pounds is a lot of money and he's a name who's been mentioned consistently um, over the past few weeks he's 21 so he would come in and he would provide maybe that athleticism I'll, I'll be honest I haven't seen too much of him I've read a few profiles doesn't bring in that experience though and I think Newcastle do lack a little bit of experience um, you know but of course if it was Botman and Tarkovsky Tarkovsky brings that Premier League experience in, brings that wise head on the shoulders, and Botman brings in the youth, the athleticism, um, and, and the long-term plan as well, which would be great to see. And we mentioned there the experience because it really is going to be key. And it's going to be interesting to see 
who Newcastle bring in in general, given the position they're in. Now, we've talked about persuading players to join when you're in a relegation fight. But who do Newcastle target is the other interesting note because you need players of a different type. You know, that kind of flair player, does he fit into a side that needs to, which is scrapping for its life? I'm not too sure. So do you bring in players with that bit of fight, with that bit of determination and grit about them? Do you spend um, a little bit of money on a short-term plan, get to the summer, and that's when you invest big on a, on a flashy midfielder or um, a flashy number 10? These are the things that I'm sure Eddie Howe and Steve, Steve Nixon will be, will be discussing and the new owners as well is the kind of player they target because it's a very, very strange position for Newcastle United to be in. With all this money, they're in a position where it might not be enough to persuade players to join because they'll look at the league table and think, well, I've joined, signed a four-year deal or what have you, and I could be in the championship next season. Um, yeah, it's going to be such an interest in January, but one thing is for certain, you expect Newcastle United owners to go out there and spend to improve this squad, to give Eddie Howe the players he wants. He'll be heavily involved in picking the players. Um, you know, I'm sure he's he's on the phone with lots of lots of scouts and agents just planning the next month and getting them in early is going to be key as well because Newcastle want to get out of that relegation zone, zone as quick as possible. Elsewhere in midfield, you know, they do lack something special in there. I mean, obviously, Joe Linton has turned into this midfield enforcer. Sean Longstaff had a very good return, I thought, against Manchester United. Obviously, Alan St. Maximum is Alan St. Maximum, but you take out Alan St. Maximum and there's a lack of creativity in that midfield. John Joe Shelby has been revitalised under Eddie Howe, but going forward, is he really the man to lead Newcastle? That's another question I'm sure will be being asked. I know Shelby still splits opinion. Could they get a midfielder in there to bring in a bit of bite? Who may and another one who maybe is just a little more comfortable on the ball, a little more I don't know what the right word is, but who can take control of the game and just quick passes, let Joe Linton do what Joe Linton's been doing. Alan St. Maxman, you know, is key as well. If he's out for maybe the next month or so, who comes in and replaces him? Is it Jacob Murphy? Is it Miguel Almeon? Or do you go out and sign someone? who will come in and not only fill a gap, but rival Alan St. Maxim as well. And that's the other thing which is really important because you want players to come in who can rival your best players for their position because that drives the squad up another level. It's what Newcastle United have been lacking. I remember speaking to Dion Yedlin, would have been maybe three years ago now, and I asked him about the competition at right back. And I think at the time, Manquillo maybe had just signed or there were talks of it. And he said, I welcome it. You know, I welcome competition because it makes me a better player. And that's what you would hope all these players within the squad will be thinking. And especially if they're bringing in top quality players, then you've either got to up your game or you lose your place and you, you end up going. And you don't want to leave Newcastle United at the start of this really exciting chapter, do you? In terms of exits, who, who might Newcastle United get rid of this January? Well, I think it's more a case of who will maybe be banging on the manager's door and saying, well, if I'm not playing first-team football, I want to leave. You know, if they manage to bring in two strikers, you could maybe see Dwight Gale going. You could maybe see Elliot Anderson, Joe White maybe heading out on loan. 
Freddie Woodman, the goalkeeping situation is an interesting one. Dubravka, though, hasn't looked his usual self in recent weeks. It'd be interesting to see if Woodman gets maybe an opportunity in the FA Cup and impresses, then maybe gets reinstated to number, number, number one. Of course, he didn't have the best of starts to life between the sticks, and then before he got injured, there were the, the few mistakes Woodman made. Still a very young goalkeeper, very good goalkeeper, but it would be interesting to see if he is indeed you know, pushing to leave. I mean, that's just me, you know, my opinion. I've not heard anything saying he is, but I think it's it's a fair assumption to, to, to make if he's not in, if he's not number one, he'll be pushing maybe to, 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 to leave. Um, You know, Kieran Clark, like I say, I think he's probably played or heading towards his last game. Could you see Matt Ritchie maybe heading out? Maybe not in January, the summer, most likely, I think. Um, but yeah, other than that, I can't really see anyone really leaving simply because the squad's not that big. It, it, I mean, it would all depend on the amount of numbers they bring in. If they bring four, five, six, and then certain players will have to be pushed out and maybe put on to the transfer list. But it's just really, really good that we were able to talk about some of these targets and not be daunted by it. And again, I mean, all the names I've mentioned. I've not heard anything to say Newcastle are in for the likes of Dembele or Jonathan David or Divock Origi. I'm just throwing a few names out there and discussing, you know, why they might fit into this Newcastle United squad. But isn't it nice to be able to go into January transfer window knowing that the owners are going to spend, they're going to back the manager, they're going to improve the squad, and they mean business. We're sitting here in the relegation zone Newcastle United as a direct result of Mike Ashley and the way he approached transfer windows in general didn't spend enough he brought in one or two players here or there but never really improved the squad as a whole and you feel now Newcastle are paying the price for that these new owners though they're going to have a plan they're not going to hold back when it comes to backing Eddie Howe and building the squad going forward and that's really good to see it might be a sensible approach one that won't happen overnight necessarily, but it's it's nice to be talking about owners with a plan going forward in the January market. My only hope is is that whoever they're looking to sign, it happens early on, and Newcastle can bring in maybe two or three players in, in 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 the first few days, first week or so, and allow them to settle quickly, and they can go ahead attack January and hopefully start February outside of the relegation zone. And I think that's about it. We've covered all the main positions which I think Newcastle will target as a priority. And all that remains to be seen is what happens in the next month. Please head over to chronicleard.co.uk where we'll keep you up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news including Eddie Howe's press conference ahead of that Southampton game, coverage of the Southampton game and of course the opening of the January transfer window where we will keep you up to date with all the players linked, all the players who hopefully eventually do sign. And once again, please remember to like and subscribe to the Everything is Black and White podcast.